Hola, hola, it's your girl Erica from America. Welcome to the Confidence Chronicles podcast. This podcast is all about helping you stand in who you are. Stop giving a fuck what people think about you. Start standing as your fully expressed self. As you are, as is, there is no filter needed. You are fucking awesome, and I am here to remind you. I'm a confidence coach, and I'm a bold stand for confidence, and I cannot wait to dig into today's episode with you. Hello, my darling. Welcome to the podcast. I am so excited that you're here. Today, we have a very special episode. I just got back from our third retreat for 2022. Our Level Up Retreat is five days of deep, like deep inner work. It is incredible. I struggle to actually explain the power and the depth of healing that happens at that retreat. It's my biggest problem. Like, how can I explain this to the people? The last day we go around and we just get the ladies to share their final words. And literally, if people could just listen or watch them share their final words, it's that's the explanation that I need to be able to uh, communicate. It's next level. Fuck, it's the best work I get to do. My husband and I love it. Nikki was with us who works in our team and she supported us. And it was amazing. So I'm back from that retreat and I wanted to share on the topic of inner child work and healing the inner child. I hear about it a lot and a lot of us say that my inner child needs healing or I did inner child healing. And I don't really like to call it the inner child healing because recently I've been working in a mentorship with Gabor Mate, who is just incredible. And he talks about self-compassion and his work is compassionate inquiry. And when we can inquire ourselves and our thoughts and our feelings and our emotions compassionately, that is the deepest healing that we can experience as human beings on planet Earth, if you ask me. And a lot of that work is going inside, inside of ourselves to our wounded parts. And our wounded parts happen when we're kids. And we don't know how to integrate that. We don't know how to work on that. We don't know how to heal that or work with that. So I think a lot of people focus on inner child healing. And I really talk a lot about compassion, self-compassion. However, I wanted to share that today because at this retreat, you know, it's funny, we laugh because every retreat we do is different. So technically, air quotes, it's the same, but it's not. Every single retreat the agenda changes, the energy changes, the people are different, we're different. Every single time we have this framework that gets changed moment by moment. We literally change the agenda minute to minute. It's the best thing that we do because as if we know better, right? Like we're working with the women who attend. We're working with the energy in the room. We're working with what goes on. We're working with so many different pieces Uh, We're working with the powers that be, right, that are supporting us on this journey. And we change it minute to minute. So no retreat is the same. And in this retreat, we spent a lot of time on the child. And as a coach, I can see when someone starts sharing or talking, I can almost see like, 
Who is sharing that? Like, is that something your mom said, your grandmother said, your culture told you? The world, you learn that from someone, is that your five-year-old self, your seven-year-old wounded self, like you can really start to hear when people share, cry, and express, you know, where's that coming from? And so we unpacked a lot, this retreat, and a lot of it was pointing towards self-compassion, forgiveness of ourselves, validating ourselves. The beautiful thing about the inner child work and compassion for yourself is that all of that shit that we look for outside of ourselves, all of that stuff that we want others to give us, the world to see us, someone to acknowledge us, our dad to be proud of us, our mother to see how good we mother, our partner to validate our feelings, all of that stuff that we desire others to give us, we are able to access for ourselves. If you ask me, that is the key to the universe. Like that is the key to healing, knowing that everything you seek and you desire outside of yourself is within you and you can access it for yourself. Do people know how? No. A lot of people don't know how. But when you learn and when you realize, when you get the awareness that you can and you get the opportunity and it's an opportunity, okay? Who pauses their life for five days, you pay money, you arrange your kids, take time off of work, get your notebook, bring your pajamas, sit in circle with strangers, cry your ass off, like literally cry all the tears that you haven't cried, suspend your disbelief because some of the stuff is unbelievable that you experience. Most people won't do it. And it's so sad because it's work that I believe every single one of us needs to do. Not if you're messed up or you have trauma or you need therapy. Everybody needs therapy. If you ask me, it is something that we should all, we should normalize 5,000 years ago. Like it should have been normalized. Like the faster we can normalize the fact that every single human being has shit that we go through. And when we're in communities, like we used to be back in the village days, and when we sit in circle and when we share vulnerably, and when people create spaces for this, you create a space to allow this, you respect the space, you trust the process of the person, you trust people's processes, you hear, you listen, you respect each other, you learn so much. It's so powerful. Honestly, it's the most, me and Hamish say it all the time, my husband. It's the most powerful work that we get to do in the year is the retreats. And so this retreat, there was so much that kept being brought up. And so my husband is a breath work and meditation facilitator. He also does shamanic practices and has been through some initiations with shamans and ceremonies. He has way more initiations to go and he has big plans on going deep into this work. And he's just remarkable. Like I'm not saying that because he's my husband, but honestly, the levels and the areas and the shit that he sees, like physically sees, spiritually sees, emotionally sees, like his access to these different realms and what he does is just, it's so powerful. And I watch him and I hold space with him and I'm in space with him, supporting him. And it's fucking magic. Like I can't actually explain it logically. And you only know when you know, like when you're in those rooms and you've reached those places and you've accessed that, you know. And he was in there and he's like, we need to do this. We need to bring them, reconnect them with themselves. And what I believe the inner child healing 
actually is good for and actually does for us is it gives us an opportunity to truly connect with ourselves, to truly know our inner selves, to forgive ourselves, to find validation and love within ourselves. We are looking outside of ourselves and it's like, it ain't out there. I remember this story that one of my mentors told me that somebody lost their keys and they're outside their house and they're looking everywhere. They got their phone on and their light and they're looking and they're like making all this noise, trying to find the keys and it's dark and they can't see shit. And they're looking for their keys and they're looking for their keys and their keys and their keys and their keys. And the neighbor's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm looking for my keys. Can you help me? The neighbor starts helping. Somebody else comes over and starts helping. And everybody's looking for the keys to this person's house that they dropped. And he realizes that the keys are in the house. And the story that he told was like, the keys are not outside. They are inside. You're looking outside for the validation and someone loves me. And when I lose the weight and when I make the money, and when I find the man or when I find the woman, and when my dad see and when I graduate and when I buy the house, and when I make this, it's like, when I do that, then all this stuff is going to unlock for me and I'm going to be happy. I'm going to love myself. I'm going to be full of joy. It's like, no, go inside. That's where the keys are. That's where you drop them inside, not outside. And for many of us, I, I feel like every human being, when you were a child, no matter how you were raised, no matter what you went through, as a child, as a baby, as a, as a child, a toddler, an adolescent, so much happens in that time frame that affects us. So much that happens in your childhood molds literally molds and creates the environment that raises you into who you are now. And we believe that we don't need to go there. We believe that there's no work to be done. Again, Gabor Mate talks about when he was a baby, he found his mom's journal and they had this crazy thing with the Jews and, and Hitler and Holocaust and just so much trauma in his life and his back, you know, his ancestors and his family. And when he was a baby, his mom had to give him up for, I think, a year or something like that. Anyway, as a grown up, he found her journal and he was reading and the pain and the trauma that she went through. And he studies this now. He studies trauma. He studies the effects of trauma. He's incredible. If you want to look him up, Gabor, G-A-B-O-R, Mate, M-A-T-E. And he talked about how just when he was a baby in the crib, if his if he looked at his mother and his mother broke eye contact, she didn't look back at him. That is enough for that child, that baby to have trauma. Now, might sound ridiculous because I have kids and sometimes I'm on my phone. I'm like, wait a minute, kids. Hold on. Give me a minute. Or I'm on my laptop. So that means I'm traumatizing my kids. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm like, shit, there's a lot of trauma. You know, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully they get a life coach. You know, like it's like, oh my gosh, that that's crazy. But the reality is what he's saying is all of us experience this as kids. We all go through some kind of trauma. And he says that trauma is not what happens to you. It's what happens inside of you. So for many of us, we unfortunately have been through sexual abuse, bullying, uh, somebody making fun of us as a kid. And when we get home or when we want to process that, there's no one there. And so I remember even me with my, my sexual abuse at the foster home, I couldn't tell anybody that. I didn't even know it was sexual abuse. I didn't even know what was going on. I was taking orders and I was five years old. So who did I tell? No one. So when you don't tell anyone, 
these things as a child, or maybe you tell someone, but they don't see you or validate you or hold you or, or support you. You know, there was a story that he shared about a woman who was getting a little girl. She was getting bullied and she would go home and tell her parents. And they were like, no, you're great. You're great. Don't worry about those people. You're great. So maybe they were trying to make her feel better about herself. However, she would go to school and get bullied and no one was giving her a solution on how to handle the bully. Like, I'm great. I'm great. Okay. Well, what do I do? It's not stopping. So what does that little girl do? She ends up just going, what's the point of telling my mom and dad, no one's doing anything and I must be great. So why don't I believe that something's wrong with me? I'm fucked up. I'm wrong. Something's wrong. It's my fault. Most kids, when they have their parents get a divorce or their parents are upset, they think it's their fault. So we into like internalize that it's my fault. Something's wrong with me. We don't unpack it. There's no one to talk about it with. We move into our world as teenagers, as adolescents, right? As 20, as 30, as 40 year olds. And this plays out in our lives. So at our retreat and at most of our retreats and at most of my programs that I work with women in, there's this sense of not being good enough. Nobody sees me. I don't feel worthy. I don't love myself. I don't love my body. I'm not good. I suck at this. I'm not confident. I'm not safe. And it's like, if you're not good and you don't think you're good enough and you don't think you're worthy, how are you ever going to create what you want? How are you ever going to create confidence? How are you ever going to go for the things that you desire and create the life of your dreams? How's that going to happen? No wonder we self-doubt. No wonder we look to the sidelines and ask people for validation. No wonder we care what other people think about us. We don't have that connection with ourselves. And I'll tell you what, when I did this work with one of my mentors, he took me through all of my trauma, all of it. And we did this amazing healing work that it was, it was at the time, it wasn't amazing. It was fucking hard. And I cried so much. And I was able to really be with my younger self and see her. And as a five-year-old, I was fiery. I was a fighter. All through high school, I fought. I got in trouble. I was in suspension. I was in detention every day. Like I was fighting. It wasn't cool, right? Like I was an angry kid. I had so much shit that I was just angry. I was like, it's not fair. I'm fucking angry. I hate the world. This is wrong. This is bad. I'm bad. I'm damaged. I'm fucked up. Something's wrong with me. That's the way I saw my world. So as a grown up, that anger and that pissed offness turned into judgment of others, turned into aggression, turned into I'm bossy and I'm always right and I'm judgmental and my ego takes over and I need to have the last word and fuck you. I'm going to fight with everybody. And when I drank alcohol, that only got worse. I was crazy. I was throwing plates and shit. You know, like that was mine. Some people are not angry. Theirs is. They get emotional. They get sad. They numb out. They drink. They eat. They do drugs. Like we all have different things. But for me, it was anger. And I remember sitting with one of my mentors and she said to me, you're here to do big work with women. This is before I started my sisterhood work. And it's like, but little Erica needs, she can't run the show. I was like, what is she talking about? And I realized that when I hadn't worked through my shit and I hadn't healed my childhood wounds, I was looking at the world through Erica, five-year-old Erica's eyes. And she was, at, she was in the driver's seat. Like she was running my life. And it's like, we can't let this childlike self run our lives. So I'll give you an example. I had a client who unfortunately had sexual abuse when she was nine years old and she hadn't healed this. She hadn't worked through this. She hadn't unpacked this. She hadn't even remembered that this had happened. 
and through our sessions and through our talking and working together, it came to her. And she had issues in the bedroom with her husband. Like she didn't want to have sex with him. She didn't feel her libido was turned on. Now she's in her 40s, mind you. And she just, she couldn't connect sexually with him. There was something happening. And we realized by working together that she was inviting nine-year-old her into the bedroom. According to nine-year-old her, it was wrong. It was gross. It was shameful. This is not okay. There was fear. There was so much there. And I know it's trippy, but if you think about yourself as a child, somewhere right now, your nine-year-old self exists. My five-year-old self exists. So doesn't my 99-year-old self, right? There's this whole like time and space shit that we don't have time for that Hamish talks about. And it's really fucking trippy. And it's amazing. It's like, instead of time being linear, it's like one, one big space with multiple, one big timeline with multiple spaces, if that makes sense. So in that way, five-year-old Erica exists somewhere. So doesn't 99-year-old Erica. There's all these studies as well that Dr. Joe Dispenza has done on this, and it's freaking amazing. Like, you should definitely look it up. It is incredible. And basically what happens is if I leave her, if I leave nine-year-old Erica to, or or my client, if she leaves nine-year-old her to be unsettled, um, not spoken with, not unpacked, not met with, not understood, you know, not not worked on, then now as a 40-year-old, She's operating with a nine-year-old mentality in regards to sexuality, in regards to the bedroom. And it's like, you can't invite a nine-year-old into the bedroom. Of course, it's not right for her. So how do we fix this? Well, she judges herself and thinks that she's got an issue, uh, feels bad that she's not a good wife, feels bad that she's not sexually connected to her husband, makes it that she's wrong and she's bad. So shameful, that's not going to help. What ends up happening is, We go, when was the first time you felt like this? How long have you felt like this? When was the first time? Client starts to remember going back into the past, sitting with that experience and holding space for that experience to come through and process that experience and think about that child and how that child would have felt and who that child spoke to. And of course, that child feels confused. Of course, they feel shameful about this. And who did you who did you talk to? Who did you have? Nobody. And we just pretend that we get to move on into adulthood and that shit's not going to affect us. Of course, it's affecting us. And so the beautiful thing about this is when you do work with someone on this or work with yourself in guided spaces on this, you get to really access that part of you. And because that part of you still exists within you, when people go, I need validation, I want you to love me. It's like, Who do you really want to love you? Do you really want people outside of you to love you when you don't love you? Who really needs to see you? Who really needs to validate you? Who really needs to treat you better? You. And when you do that for yourself, when you see yourself fully, when you forgive yourself, when you validate yourself, when you have understanding and compassion for little you, adolescent you, teenage you, 20-year-old you, 30-year-old you, 40-year-old you, Every version of you that went through hardship, when you can sit with her, hold space with and for her, you get this deep understanding and you become fucking your own best friend. Like for real, like kindness of self, compassion of self, that's where it comes. Then you're not an asshole to yourself. And this cute hashtag, treat yourself like you're your own best friend, hashtag, nobody's doing that shit. We rip 
ourselves apart. We're fucking mean to ourselves. We treat ourselves like shit. We put ourselves in relationships that don't serve us. We put up, we put up with shit that we don't want to put up with. We stay in jobs we hate. We get talked down to by our family members, by our aunties, by our coworkers, by our bosses, by our partners. Sometimes we get into narcissistic relationships or friendships, sometimes abusive relationships. We don't feel worthy. We don't ask for a pay rise. We don't speak up. We don't stand up. We're hiding. We're shy. It's like, what is that? That's not you. You weren't born into this. This is a childhood thing that happened that wasn't dealt with. And the beautiful thing about this is that we get to go back and be with our younger selves. We get to reclaim that part of us again. We get to hold space for her. We get to chat with her. We get to understand her. We get to be kind to her. We get to hug her and hold her and take her back and say, hey, baby, you're five. You can't drive, but you can sit next to me with your seatbelt on. I'm going to drive the car of our lives and you get to be with me, but you don't get to drive anymore because how a nine-year-old walks into a bedroom with their fear and their trauma, that's not what you want in your marriage. You want the 40-year-old or however old you are to be in there. And if there's any shit that's going on for you, just consider that there may be some reconnection with your younger self. And people like, oh, therapy says it's your childhood. It's true. It is. Of course it is. Who held space for you? Who unpacked it for you? Who told you your thoughts create your feelings? Who asked you how you were feeling? Who hugged you? Who created that space for you to feel safe? When my husband passed away, I had so much support that I genuinely don't feel like trauma was created of his death when that happened. Now, am I, was I shocked afterwards? A hundred percent. Did I try to numb out for four years and not deal with it? A million percent. But when he passed away, every person from my military, I was in the army and the army unit was there. People were guiding me. My, my, my mama Lopez, who's like my sergeant, my boss, she's a mother to me. Mama Lopez looked after me the whole time, guide, held my hand when I couldn't even walk. She was holding me. So I had someone with me 24 seven during that experience. He rang me before he crashed and passed away. And I never went, it's my fault that I didn't pick up the phone. And I could have, I I wonder to this day why I didn't think that. And it was because I was supported. I had someone holding space for me. I could unpack how I felt. I wasn't left to my own devices. I didn't process alone. Afterwards, I did. My body just shut down. I went, nope, I'm okay for another fear that I had. But that could have been so different for me had I not had that support. And many of us as a child, we want a hug. We want someone to go, hey, it's okay. I love you. I see you. Good job. I'm sorry. You deserve to be listened to. I'm sorry that happened to you. God, how many clients do I have? Fucking makes me get emotional. Like they have sexual abuse and no one was there for them. No one was there to hold that little girl and protect her and say, I hear you. I see you. She had to do that by herself. And I only know, and this is tears of recognition because I know how that felt feels horrible. And then you feel shame because you think you did something wrong and you're wrong and you don't want to tell anyone. So many people don't share when they've had these experiences. And instead of waiting for someone else to hold space for us, someone else to validate us, looking into our outside world, seeking validation, seeking likes, seeking followers, seeking views, seeking money, seeking men winking at you, phone numbers, Gucci, Prada, fucking status, material shit, None of that matters. I mean, look at the richest people. Most famous people are fucking miserable. Heal your inner child. 
work through that. Get a coach, get a therapist, get someone to speak some fucking truth to you, to hold space for you, to hold space for yourself. That shit is powerful. That I've seen it. I've seen women come in one way and leave another in five years. Sorry, in five days, transform 40 years of trauma in five days. Who do you become when you leave a retreat, when you leave an experience? Who do you become? What? Yo, you are fully aligned with who you are. You know who you're not. You don't need to do anything so that someone else goes, good job, look at you. You do it for you. And that's the best time. That's when the success comes. That's when all the money comes. That's when all the shit happens when you don't need it. When you're not desperately seeking for a man to look at you and find you and love you and call you beautiful. When you know you're fucking beautiful, no matter how you look, no matter how your weight is, you know it inside of yourself. You know your worth. When you know your fucking worth, the shit that comes up, the energy that comes off you, the shit that you manifest and attract, yo, next level. But you need to move through <laughs> ugly cries uncomfortable, gut-wrenching experiences of healing. It's horrible, but it's incredible. It's incredible. I think I'm going to do a, a podcast with women who've come to the retreat and had big aha moments. And you, if you could see them, it looks excruciating. It's like the worst thing. You're like, I don't want to do that. Hell no, that looks terrible. I don't want to do that. But then they get the gold. They get the platinum at the end. And they're the ones that have the most success in their lives. Because they were willing to go through the shit, the horrible, hard, big cries, wailing, shaking, releasing. It's so brave. They're so courageous. And then they win. And people are like, lucky for you, Erica. You're so confident. You're the queen of confidence. And I'm like, oh, hell no. You don't want to know the places I've went to, the tears I've cried, the screams I've, I've let out. The pain that I have felt, the shaking in my body and the holding of that so that I could process all of my pain and my trauma so that I could reclaim all of that power and that energy back and I could be aligned with who the fuck I am and what I came here to do. I don't get to access that easily. It's not easy. It's not easy. But I love to believe this. I uh, wish Hamish was here to explain it. This idea that. Time is not this linear thing, this chronological order, that there's one time with many spaces. I believe it's in the book Supernatural by Dr. Joe Dispenza or Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself, which I always talk about on the podcast by Dr. Joe Dispenza. It's powerful. Like if five-year-old me is still out there existing and I choose in this moment to close down my eyes and reconnect with her, get a photo, you know, write her a letter chat, check in, be with her. Who's to say that doesn't impact me now, her then, and my future? It's fucking wild. I believe it to be true. And I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen. It's like these fragmented pieces of us when we had this trauma as children. And it could just be bullying. It could just be, just be. It's big. It could be your parents breaking up. It could be your parents divorcing or breaking up. That is so traumatic for a child. And it's so crazy. When I talk to women who are 30, 40 years old, older, 25, 30, we're older, we're not kids. We're just like, yeah, that it would have been hard for her. 
I'm like, I think, yeah, she was probably confused or, yeah, so she probably felt like it was all her. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is a grown-up. You're a grown-up. And now you're telling me how a child would feel. Get around a child. How do child, how do children feel? I have a four-year-old and a seven-year-old. And when something doesn't work, the four-year-old just starts crying. It's like the end of his world. If me and my husband broke up, my four-year-old, I can't even imagine the sadness and they would blame themselves. It's their fault. Is it? No, but that's what they do because they don't know. They don't have a landscape to understand this shit. They're not grownups. They're children and it hurts them. And if no one's there to hold them and be with them, they don't get to unpack that. So that's how I think about it. You don't unpack something. You keep it with you into adolescence, into teenager, into your 20s, into your 30s, into your 40s. Now, all this shit that you keep with you, guess what happens? You put it into every relationship. You bring it into your business. You bring it into your work. You bring it into your marriage. You bring it into how you parent. Ooh, you bring it into how you parent. So you're trying to tell me that it doesn't matter. It's no big deal what happened to you in your childhood that you never talked about it. You never unpacked it. You never claimed it. You never got to work with it. It is a big deal. It is a big deal. And when I'm in sessions with people and I see the four-year-old come out when they're crying, I'm like, yo, there's an opportunity to sit with that childhood you and hold space and heal that. And by doing that, by giving yourself that gift, you get to reclaim the benefit of it in the now. And what creates your future? Does the past get to create your future? For many of us, yes, it does. Or is who you want to be in the now creating your future? I like to create my future from right now. There is no fucking future, by the way. It's my thought in the present about some fake ass future. So all we have is the now. And also I can change my past by thinking in the now about it, by working with it in the now. It's fucking crazy. It's amazing. There's so much power in this. There's so much healing in this. And why do we want to do this? Because there's so much opportunity in creating the life that we want and being fully fulfilled and fully happy and fully in alignment and not looking outside of ourselves as to what other people think about us. This is why I can literally embody FWOT, fuck what others think or forget what others think. This is how I can truly embody it. I know who I am and I know who I'm not. And I'm uncovering and I'm healing and I'm working through and anybody's thought around what I, what I should be doing, that's their shit and they get to keep it and I don't make it mine and nobody interrupts my process, not even my husband. I'm like, I'm focused, I'm going. This is where I'm going is what I'm doing. No breaking of eye contact. And it's because I have done that deep ass work with my inner child. It's because I have done that deep ass work with myself to be compassionate to myself. And when we can do this, the fucking, the sky's not even the limit. There is no limit for you. There is no limit for you. There's so much more I want to share on this topic, but I think that's enough for today. Healing of the inner child. The child's not gone. And if you resonate with any of this and you feel like there's some work to be done with yours, something that I tell my women in the sisterhood, first of all, you should join the sisterhood. Number one, what you doing? Number two, I give them an exercise where I say, write a letter. So there's two ways to do this. The first way is you can write a letter to your inner child, you right now, the age you are now, to her and speak to her. Or or you can write a letter as your inner child, that younger you, and give her a voice. 
put a pen to paper and give her a voice. And if you struggle to tap into her, get photos of her. Think about what year she was, how old she was. What year was that? How did she dress? What did she watch on TV? What was her favorite food? What did she love doing? What did she love doing? Skipping, dancing. What was her favorite cartoon? Did she have a teddy bear? Really tapping into her and writing the letter as her. What did she want to say? What did she need to say? What did she need to express? It is a powerful exercise. My clients tell me they, they took three, four hours. They sob. They jump in the bath. They get their kids watched so they can really have that time to be with themselves. And I'm telling you, the best and the most important relationship is the one with yourself, the younger self, the adolescent self, the teenage self, the 20-year-old self, all your parts, all the parts of you impact you today. Of course they do. And we have an opportunity to do the work on that. I hope you loved this episode. And I would love to hear if you do this exercise, if you speak to your inner child, if you write a letter, please hit me up on Instagram at the queen of confidence. I'm there. I love being there. Message me. Let me know. I love that you listen to this podcast, by the way. Thank you for the love. You can email me support at thequeenofconfidence.com. I would love to hear how it goes for you. And if you feel called to do this work and you love my vibe and you love what we're about, we are holding our last retreat for 2022 in September, September 8th to the 12th in Melbourne, Australia. doesn't matter where you're from in the world. Get your ass to Australia. Come and visit us. Come and spend five days doing this inner healing work. Your life will be forever transformed. It is the best thing. I love you. Thank you for being here. I'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. I so appreciate your ears, your time, your energy, and your attention. Please do me a favor and head over to Apple iTunes. Subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. Share this episode with a sister who you know needs to hear it. And if you feel called to, leave me a review. I'd love to know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to know how this information is helping you change your world. Thank you so much for being here. I know that there are many podcasts you could listen to, and I really appreciate you listening to mine. Have a gorgeous week, honey.